As far as the North Pole is from the South, we are bridging the knowledge gap from centuries past. We inspire you to find your true North. From Timbuktu to Alexandria, from the city of Johannesburg to New York, from the Zulus to the Dogon people, we are disrupting the knowledge economy. We are Sir Max Network. A boy has a lot to learn in his journey to become a man. And he becomes a man only through the active intervention of his father and the fellowship of men. It cannot happen any other way. To become a man and to know that he has become a man, a boy must have a guide. A father who will show him how to fix a bike and cast a fishing rod and call a girl and learn the job and all the many things a boy will encounter in his journey to become a man. This we must understand. Masculinity is bestowed. A boy learns who he is and what he's made of from a man or a company of men. This can be learned in any other place. It can be learned from other boys and it can't be learned from the world of women. The traditional way of raising sons, uh, which lasted for thousands and thousands of years, amounted to fathers and sons living in close, midaras close proximity, while the father taught the son a trade. Perhaps farming or carpentry or blacksmithing, or even tailoring. These are the words of John Eldridge from The Way of the Wild at Heart. This is how we welcome you to another episode of Semex Network. And I hope you are well today. We welcome you and we're sending our love and light throughout the globe. We are live right now on Mahikeng FM, on Northwest University FM and Ratung FM. So we're inviting you to be part of the conversation. Our WhatsApp line it is 064-729-0819, 064-729-0819. So you are free. We're inviting you actually to be part of this conversation right now. You know what we're doing every week? We're trotting the globe to bring you some of the world's top thinkers. And today, ladies and gentlemen, it is no different. I am joined by... An amazing, an amazing man who will be helping us to talk about what I think is one of the most important conversations that we need to have in the time that we find ourselves in. An activist, scholar, and a founding director of Ebu Kosini Solutions in Johannesburg, South Africa. His expertise areas include African-centered education, cultural empowerment, black consciousness, and pan-African praxis. And he's also a founder of many empowerment projects. One of which is Shabaka, Men of Africa, a program which looks at black men's role in healing and restoration of the African family. He holds a doctoral and a master's degree in philosophy of education from UNISA. Dr. Baba Bandu, welcome to the show, sir. Good evening, good evening. It is Buntu, but thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Greetings to you and greetings to all the listeners. Dr. Baba Buntu. That's the one. Beautiful stuff. I will have to get used to it. I'm so happy to be having you on the on the show today and a big subject. I'm not sure how much you were able to deduce from the prelude that I made when I spoke about men and boys becoming men. You know, I'd like to comment on it. I think there was a lot of value in what you read, but I think we also need to recognize that 
as a people who have experienced a lot of brokenness, we, we do have uh, men and boys who grow up in single-parented households and are raised predominantly by women. And I don't think we should say categorically that they can never be men. I completely agree that it is the role of fathers and men to mold uh, other younger men into becoming men. But we are also living in a society where some men are not good uh, role models. Some men are not the ones that can take uh, men through. And some women actually are doing a very good job as well. So I just wanted to put that on the table. The ideal, of course, is that we all step up and are incredible men. But we also know that we live with, um, we live with some blisters, we live with some, some faults, we live with some, uh, some challenges. So I think within that, we, also, we cannot just define things very narrowly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, Dr. Buntu, I'm not thinking and I don't even want to think that the prelude says uh, women cannot raise men. But here it is the principle to say it takes a man to make a man. Like we understand the, the hybrid society that we find ourselves in where most of the families are led by women. But we know in the beginning it was not like that. And also because of the structural system of the society that we find ourselves in. We've got no choice but women are doing amazing amazing work of actually raising boys to become men. But what we are saying in principle, we are saying it is the role of a man, it is the role of a father to hold the hand of this boy, to walk on in his marked trails and to show him how to become a man. Fully agreed. Fully agreed. Absolutely. And today, a big topic, family government. A lot has been said about this. We talk about political governments. We talk about business governance. We talk about, you know, so many uh, institutions and structures of governance. But we rarely talk about family governance. Men's role in the contemporary African family. Can you please expand on that? I'm not going to limit you. I'm going to allow you to expand on that and to, to lay the carpet for us. Sure. No, thank you so much. And I agree, it's a very vital and important topic and one that we may have a number of different views on. Uh, and I think it's important that we have the conversation. Uh, the solutions to the problems that we are now beginning to, to grapple with are not easy, are not done overnight. So it's important that we are all engaging with the conversation and even more the practice and the, the practical change. I think my first line in response to when we talk about family government and the man, man's role in the contemporary African family, I think it starts with self. And I think, you know, as somebody who did not grow up with my father myself, and I know what that looks like, I know what that takes you through as a young black man growing up in society. And also on the other side, having become a man who many young people say they look to for father, as a father figure, having become a man who spent a lot of time with young boys, with young women too, but let's focus on the men too in this conversation. I, I think I know from experience quite a lot of what we go through as men. And I would say self-knowledge and starting with self is so important. So I would even say this, because everything that I'm going to share tonight is based on a particular worldview. And that starts with that as an African man, I need to commit to being an African man. Not all of us want to be African men. We may say it, but we, we want to emulate maybe cultures and, and ways of being that are from other places. And of course, you have the right to do so. Nobody can really force you to be anything else than you, what you decide to be. But my premise comes from there. And it also comes from committing to the African family, that I have 
faith in the African family, I believe, even in a society, as you rightly said, there are a number of dynamics that have led to the African family not being as strong as it used to be, not being as healed and, and, and balanced as it used to be. I still believe in it and I commit to it, understanding part of why it has become broken. And it also means I need to commit to the African woman because some of us, for instance, when we say that the man must be the head of the house, I'm just making an example of something yeah. that some of us say. I think the first thing we need to say, because what? Are we saying that men must be heads of, heads of the household just because they are the gender of men and that qualifies you to be an incredibly just, orderly, principled and disciplined man? Or are we saying that good men should have a leadership place in the home? Because that's what I believe. Good men, and we can discuss, of course, back and forth what good men are, uh, but I'm just saying that, as you were saying, becoming a good man, becoming a meaningful man, is a process that you need to go through. You don't just wake up and, and you are that man. So I think it's important to commit to family and say that I stand for the African family. And that means we need to start that commitment a bit early in life. We can't just, um, for instance, I deal with a lot of, or I, I have a lot of people coming to me, often men, but sometimes couples as well, with men now 10, 20 years into the marriage realized that he married the wrong woman or he didn't make the good, he didn't make as good a choice as he would have if he had better understood himself. So I think we, we don't want to continue to see men being divorced and then women too, of course. We don't want to continue to see families breaking down because of violence, because of miscommunication, because of misunderstood self-development. So I think and this is the work that I do or I engage a lot with yeah. to engage with especially young men uh, in critical questions. When you are 16, 18, 20, we don't necessarily want you to become a father yet. We don't necessarily want you to be married right now, but we want you to prepare yourself to be somebody who can be meaningful in the family. And that takes time. And we need to be there for our young men to guide them. It's a glimpse in eternity, a touch of paradise. It's Radio Unmatched. This is where great minds connect. We're asking life's biggest questions. This is Sir Max Network. We are Semex Network. Thank you very much. And a big shout out to all our global audience on all the major podcasts podcast platforms across the world we are Semex Network and we are here to disrupt the knowledge economy and a big shout out to everyone who's watching on our Facebook live right now so we are inviting you to be part of the conversation my guest today it is an African philosopher Dr. Baba Buntu is on the show today we're talking about family government, the role of the man in the African modern society. What is the role of a man in a modern African society? A big question today. I mean, and this uh, topic, Baba uh, Buntu, it becomes very important because we live in time where we're talking about gender-based violence. You know, when you ask a little girl today, what is a man? A little girl, two-year-old, three-year-old will tell you a man is a monster. A man is mm. a violator. You know, that, that that's how far and how bad things have become. But before we went on a break, you touched on a very important point that I want us to extend from it. When we are raised uh, in a society as, as boys, we are inherently told and given a leadership responsibility. We are told that the man is the head of the household. 
it's sort of like a natural thing you know we it's a heredity it is in that's how we are socialized as as, as men we go to school knowing that you know boys are superior than girls unfortunately it's a notion that is given to us but mm. you're raising a very important point uh dr buntu to say it can't be as natural as that. It can't just be passed as easily as that. It takes a responsibility. A man, for him to lead a family, he must ascend to a certain level of responsibility. That's right. And I would even say that when we now see that we have a number of men, and I, I'm not saying all men are like that, but we have too many then we can actually be okay with who have destructive behaviors, who have anger and rage issues that they don't know how to resolve and who sometimes unleash their anger on women and children and of course other men too i want to also say that that's an indication for me that we are failing as a society we we and i'm not trying to excuse men from those type of behavior but it also means those of us who as men say i don't have those traits i don't treat women like that okay the next question then is great what are we doing to make sure no more young men are growing up to be like that, whether they are my son, my neighbor, somebody on the soccer team, somebody from the same language. We have a responsibility and we will get the men that society takes care of to develop. So I feel that the, 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 the biggest problem we have is that we have lost our initiation mm-hmm. um, spaces and journeys. That doesn't mean they don't happen at all, but they don't. They are not as functional, I feel, as they used to be and as they're supposed to become. So there's a job that we need to do, all of us as a society, to mold young men into meaningful manhood for this time. Dr. Buntu, the world has, at least, let's say Africa, we have lost hope on the Western ways of creating of creating honorable men. We, we have given up because it is what has led us to where we are today. And mm. as an African scholar and, and philosopher, we are asking the question today, uh, the African ways, how was it done? And you're talking about initiation. Uh, how did we raise men? Because it was not like this in, in the beginning. I mean, having studied the works of Baba Credo Muto, who would tell you that in the mm. beginning, men revered women. You know, True. men coexisted in harmony with, with women. An African way of doing the initiations that we are talking about, what is it that the society should do in order to produce the type of men that can be the protectors of the society and ultimately lead their households? Yes. Thank you for this question. I think First and foremost, we need to understand that culture is not just to do what was always done. And I'm saying that because we sometimes relate to culture as that. When we, for instance, come across a new problem, we say that, ah, but we never did like this. Ah, but this is a new thing. This is not how we used to do it. The thing is, being an African in 2021 is quite different than being an African in the 1900s, 1800s, 1700s, and so forth. So what culture is supposed to do to us is to become a defense system. It should have operative tools. So when we come across, for instance, let's just single out gender-based violence, and violence goes both ways. There are also men who are violated by women, but let's talk about what men do. And when that has become a problem, culture is supposed to give us tools, not just moral and values and say that you're not supposed to be like this. But if we have, if some of us have become broken and toxic, 
What does culture say about how to revive the mm-hmm. African man, how to raise the African man? So you are raising a very important point. Like you said, in our, in our indigenous culture, women were regarded maybe even higher than men. Absolutely. They needed to be protected not because they were weak and small and fragile, but because they carried so much strength and so much power mm. that it would be a dishonor to us as African men if our women were violated and if they were pushed down and if they were given positions where they are not supposed to speak or be present or be seen. We would want that because we know that as we work harmoniously with our sisters, we also become powerful. We cannot have power on one side and disempowerment on the other side. As African men and women, we are reflections of each other. So what I think we really need to do right now is that in addition, and I'm not trying to say that all initiation practices are useless. There are many good initiation schools as we speak. But we also know that there are some problematic ones that we need to deal with. But we also need to upgrade the, let me say, the curriculum. Meaning um, some of our cultural norms, when they were instituted, they didn't necessarily have to deal with pornography, for instance. They didn't have to deal with toxic internet pages. They didn't have to deal with the pressure of uh, being forced into you being a young boy and feeling that you need to show off. So you don't maybe even want to have more than one girlfriend, but because there's pressure, now you start lying, you start scheming, you start doing things that is not even in accordance with your own values. So initiation schools also need to address that. How do you stand out in the crowd? How do you not just do what everyone else is doing around you, even when they laugh, even when they bully you, even when you say, look at you, you're not even a man, you don't even seem to be interested in women. How do you find your strength in situations like that? How do you heal from addiction to sex, addiction to pornography, many of these things, and I'm not saying this is only the route to, to, uh, to, to violence, but I'm saying these are, these are examples of things that we need to have a curriculum around when it comes to guiding young men into becoming responsible men. Great conversation uh, looming here on SMX Network. We're inviting you to be part of the conversation. Do you have a question, a comment, or an experience that you want to share with us? You are most welcome to do that. Or you can send us a WhatsApp text on 064-729-0819. 064-729-0819. I am in conversation with Dr. Baba Buntu. We are talking about family governance, family government, the role of men in the modern African society. This is what we are talking about. This broadcast is live on Mahikeng FM, uh, Northwestern University FM, Ratlong FM, as well as the, all the major podcast pl- uh, pat- platforms across the world. We're going for a quick break, but on the other side of the break, Dr. Ubuntu, I want us to look at the change in gender roles. Over the years, we have seen an evolution, a change as far as gender roles are concerned, where traditionally what men defined, the roles that men had traditionally defined themselves with, as in like, for instance, you know, who brings the, who brings Who's the breadwinner in the in in the family? Who brings more money? Who fends for them? That's how men have traditionally defined themselves. But now that tables have changed. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently, the ones who are not fond of rules and have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify them, or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward and
And while others see them as the crazy ones, we see genius because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. We are Sir Max Network. We are Samex Network and we are not here to play the game. We are here to change the game, to disrupt the knowledge economy from the Dogon people to the Amazulu people of South Africa all over the world from Johannesburg to the city of uh, Alexandria. And I'm joined in conversation by Dr. Baba Buntu, who's an African scholar and a philosophy. We're talking family government, the role of men in the modern society, in a society that is so much I mean, plagued with uh, uninitiated men, if I may put it in that particular way. Dr. Buntu, when uh, traditionally men had defined themselves with who's the provider. And even this concept of being a provider has been misconstrued because Mm. it was about who's working, who's bringing money, who's buying food. But now uh, things have changed. The tables have changed. Men have got nothing to define themselves with because that which have become which was a definition model has actually collapsed uh, the idea of what it means a man that is why we need to go deeper absolutely but i think it's important to all when we say traditionally what men have done we often refer to a specific era in our uh, ex- historical experience, which is around industrialization, uh, mm-hmm. around individualization, individual economies. And within that change, as, because we don't come from going to work. We don't come from paying taxes in the way we do today. We don't come from going to shopping centers the way we do today. We come from a different era where the family economy was set up quite differently. We know that many of us used to practice polygamy. Not, yeah. not to have sex variation for the man, not for the man to have access to more women to be intimate, but because it was a model for creating powerful family economy. And uh, also, when it comes to um, the way we used to understand our role as men, we would work in, in relationship with women. Like, think about it, agriculturally speaking, which is the main source of income in Africa for the longest time and to sustain the household. African women have in most parts of the continent been the the coordinators of the agricultural uh, production. So I don't think we come from a place where women were just sitting at home waiting for a man to come home. That is an experience that we were molded into and and a picture that we were given because we were forced to go to mines, factories, gardens, swimming pools and work in white people's houses. That's where we got that notion from. So I think we must be clear when we say, when we say traditionally, which tradition and whose tradition are we talking about? And I don't think, I get what you are saying, brother. I I know that some of us, because we now come from a number of generations where we are used to that men should go out and that a good man is somebody who brings back money. A good man is somebody that you can see that they really have a nice house. A good man is somebody that a wife said, He's giving me gifts. He's taking me on vacation. But remember that this is also an image that we were sold through movies, through the European understanding of what an industrialized and modern society should be, in which, and this is important to say, within the development of that world, for the longest time, we have been slaves to that world. We have been the cheap labor. We have been the ones at the back. We have been the ones where only a few chosen ones can really excel and enjoy that lifestyle. So I think we also need to 
really ask some questions because I feel some of us have become very defeated about where the world is going. Mm-hmm. And the world is going in a direction where we have had very little say. We have been told that we need to park our cultures. There's no space. There's no room for our cultures to really come into the modern space. So we live with cultures that are not our own. We emulate ways of being that are not our own. And I think at least we should have this discussion. What should African society be? With the violence, with the generational conflict, with the economies, with black lives not really mattering much at all. And I think we've just seen this with some of the murders that just happened in Phoenix, in KZN, South Africa. And that story is not being even fully told. And we get these experiences all the time. So what do we want to see happening on, on our terms? Where is our culture when we want to design the African future? I believe African culture is powerful, but we also need to take the work and do the work that it actually takes to make plans on our terms and with our references for the future that we want. Powerful sentiment, uh, Dr. Baba Buntu. And thank you very much, sir, for clarifying because that clarification was important because it was uh, easy to confuse somebody when I'm saying traditionally. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. It was very important. And I fully agree with you without reservations when coming to that point because uh, we are taught when we say, when you loosely say tradition, People yeah. think of how things were and how we have always done things and only True. to find that it differs from generation to generation. Thank you very much. A big question now. What should happen? Where should <laughs> yeah. we go now? What is it yeah. that we should do at this point? Okay. Yeah. So I would say a number of things, but I will start again. I just want to clarify what I meant with the point that I said earlier in the conversation that as men, And I'm not saying only men. I mean, we must all come to the table, but I want to address the points that we should uh, commit to as African men. We need to understand ourselves. We need to ask some critical questions. Why are we where we are right now? What do we understand about the historical journey that landed us where we are? With the governance that we have across the continent, with the ownership that is lacking in in, in this part of the continent, most of us do not own own the land that actually was ours in the first place. How did we end up there? And I'm not saying it as an intellectual conversation. I'm saying it as a reflection so that we understand are we really going somewhere that is meaningful for us as African people? Once we have had that conversation, which takes reading of books, joining conversations and being informed, then we need I need to take a very strong look at myself as an African man. Who am I? What made me? How different am I from my father or from my father's generation? What do I want to give to the next generation? And how intentional am I about not just living a victimhood where I make excuses for all the troublesome things that I may have encountered, which of course can be very, very bad and very traumatic. But what, what responsibility am I taking for my own healing? Because it's really down to that right now. Many men, and I engage with a lot of men, Uh, both as individuals and in groups and communities. Many of us as men, we have not healed. We carry a lot of anger within us. And I'm not saying we should just stop being angry. That's not what I'm saying, because we have reasons to be angry. We are oppressed on a daily basis. But we do the mistake of taking our anger out of people who should trust us, people who should experience us as protective and understanding and as partners and as parents. So what we need to do more, and I think this is a very important conversation to be had, like we are just doing now, talking man to man. I speak to a lot of men who don't have another man to speak to. 
And if they do, it's more about party, more about soccer, more about drinking. That's not the kind of male companionship I'm talking about. But us critically sitting down, how do we feel about marriage? How do I feel about a man's worth? How do I feel about the way that I grew up? What scars am I still carrying? Where can I talk without feeling that I'm going to be laughed at or misbelieved or taken advantage of? Because many of us as men do not feel or we don't know how to find and create a safe space where we can actually talk about what we, what we hide inside. Many of us live a form of masculinity that becomes a performance. As long as I can present a convincing performance so that you see me as a man, so that the next door brother can see me as a man, and hopefully a lot of women also see me as a man, then I'm good. But inside, I may feel very broken. I may feel very disjointed. I may feel, I may feel very confused. And we, talk, we have finally started to talk a, a bit about mental health. I think, I think we need to talk much more. Many of us struggle with that balance within ourselves. We suffer from anxiety. We think bad about ourselves. We, push, we, we put ourselves down. We are miserable. We are not happy. We are not okay. And because I'm not happy, then maybe I also don't want another person to be happy. So I keep causing misery to people that I invite into my life and promise them that I'll be a good man with and for them, but I actually turn out to be someone else. There's a lot of work we need to start doing within ourselves. We can't just orchestrate and say society should not stop being violent. Society should now groom boys. Society should now be full of justice when I'm not even practicing that justice within myself. So we need to start within, and I think there's a huge job we can do as brothers just to sit down and have very deep conversations about what we know and what we don't want to continue emulating and passing on to the next generation. Samex Network, you are here. We're inviting your con- you to be part of this conversation on our WhatsApp line. Send us a short WhatsApp text if you're following the conversation on 064 819 and on our live Facebook, thank you very much. Uh, questions that are coming through and all the comments that are coming through, we appreciate you here. I'm joined by Dr. Baba Buntu here on the show. We're talking about family government, the role of a man in a modern African society. That is what we are talking about. I think it goes without saying, Dr. Buntu, to say as men, we are wounded. You know, as men, we've got the core questions of our souls that has gone unanswered for a long time. And you cited to one question that says, every boy wants to know, who am I? You know, where do I take my identity from? Now, in pursuit of answering these questions, where there are not many uh, father figures, not many... uh, role models as far as men are concerned. Where does one begin to answer the core question of his soul? Right. So, and you are very right. There are many men who feel they have absolutely nobody to look to or talk to or seek counseling from. And let me answer it from that angle. If that's your experience or that's your reality, start with what information you can gather about yourself. As African men, we are supposed to know our lineage. And I'm not saying that once you know your language, once you know your lineage, all your problems disappear. That's not what I'm saying. But these are basics because when you know more about yourself, you stand on a stronger platform. Part of why we as men find life very difficult is that we're not standing on firm platforms. 
when, when somebody comes to blow us over, and I'm using that as a symbolic term to say somebody criticizes us, somebody say that we are ridiculous, somebody stand up against us, or somebody push us back, we often become extremely upset and feel very low about ourselves because we're standing on sand. We're not standing on a solid platform. When you know your lineage, when you understand your totem, when you understand what knowledge our forefathers and foremothers lived and not just spoke about, you, you, you're beginning to rebuild that platform that we always used to have. As African, this is, this is across gender, it's not just for men, but specifically as African men, when we don't have that knowledge platform to stand on, and you, you know what I'm talking about in the sense that South Africa, because of its history, also has a lot of secrets within the family. Certain things are not spoken about because it was very political. It was we come from a from a, a, a time which was extremely oppressive. Certain information could not be shared. Certain information just kind of got lost. So when children ask their parents, "Why do we do this? Or what does this mean?" Parents would also not know, and they would say, no, "Don't ask difficult questions. Just do what I'm telling you." And with that, we pass on a culture and a form of being that is not really balanced and complete. So do what you can to understand your lineage, where you come from, gather as much as possible, much as information as you can about yourself and your family's origin. It's very important to know your family. So for, that's, that's my first point. Secondly, and I think I've said something about that, you can start dealing with your own pain. I did that myself when I was a young man. I, I felt I had nobody to talk to. I, I sat down and started scripting my story. Meaning I, I wrote a journal. And I know mm. this is not easy for everyone, especially those who are not so, especially those who feel it's difficult to talk about painful things. But you see, this is one thing we also need to learn, to confront those things that are difficult. Because there's almost like a whole entertainment culture that allows us to, when we feel that certain bad things are coming up in our memory or in, within, our, within our feelings, we can drink it away, we can party it away. We can put on some TikTok and some Ama Piano and just forget about this. What we actually need to do is to stand up and confront that. Why do I sometimes feel self-unassured? Why are there certain people that I feel have so much power over me? Why do I sometimes lash out in aggression in situations that I later realize I shouldn't even have said anything? Let me analyze myself. And I'm saying this to those who have nobody to talk to. Let me analyze myself. Let me ask deep questions. And am, am I happy with the way that I am? Because one thing we often do, my brother, as, as men, we often want to plant the origin of the problem outside of ourselves. You see, I'm like this because my father was never there. You see, I'm aggressive because my wife teaches me to be this way. You see, I feel like this because I always was treated in a certain way. That might, I'm not trying to take away that truth. Maybe that's exactly how you grew up and that's what you got used to. But as a man who's now 20, 25, 30 and up, you have some choices you can make. You don't have to continue to be an aggressive man. You can actually devise a journey to walk towards a stronger and more confident and more rooted you. And I'm not saying that the, the, the journey is easy. I'm not saying it, it can be done overnight, but it's possible. And I'm saying it because I'm in relation with or in communication with men almost every single day we are see these journeys are being walked, where I see these results are coming through. So let's not doubt ourselves and think we can never find the solution. 
Beautiful stuff. I'm going through some of the messages before we go on a break. And we've got Udwetse Mosabi saying we need to raise better young men from a perspective of boys who need to respect women. But they need to respect and to treat everyone with due respect. Men have for too long been left outside these kind of conversations. Uh, boys need to learn that men cry too when they are hurt. When you lose Hope you ask for guidance and pride associated with this notion. Put men in a dangerous place filled with a lot of disruptive emotions and nothing to console or avail, available uh, to listen to. Thank you very much, Uduetze uh, Motsari, for that particular comment. I cannot agree with you, my brother. This is the time, brother to brother, man to man. We need to talk. We need to talk about this. So, so many People listening to the conversation right now ex uh, uh, expressing, you know, their thoughts and their views, but mostly appreciative. Fanda Jacks all the way from Botswana, thank you very much for being part of the conversation and everyone else. We're going for a quick break. On the other side of the break, we're coming back with more. We are the offspring of the men and women born from an incorruptible seed. Let me tell you who we are. We are the sons and daughters of the great scientists, engineers, mathematicians, teachers, healers, astrologers, thinkers, entrepreneurs, and orators. We are Sir Max Network. Meduria Jacobs, I see you. Thank you for being part of this live broadcast. You are next on the show. Meduria, next week, I will be having this conversation with you. Please, let's arrange that. And then, uh, so many people, thank you very much. Justice Itumeleng Manoko. And uh, Dr. Puntu, this is a question from a, a young man, if I may say yes. that. And I feel the need just to pass it on because there's a cry. Young men or boys, they have a cry, but they don't know where to cry to. And he says, we are raised to take care of our families and parents. But... Is it a must to do so just because I'm the only boy child? Won't that become a chain to my kids too because I'll be delaying my future by taking that big responsibility? Thank you so much. And I think um, our listener is referring to that in some families, um, it has become a tradition to think of boys who grow up to become the provider for the family and not just a family that he may go out and create but also the parents, the aunties, the cousins, the nephews, the nieces, everybody. And some some people use this misnomer term calling it black tax. And I think there's two things to say about this. First of all, especially now when you like you made a reference to earlier that the industrial world and the working world has meant that we often in our families now go out as women and men to get certain degrees or certain qualifications that we can go out and be employees. I would say that in addition to that, we should also look much more into entrepreneurship and then the, the families, the economies that we can create within our own communities. But let me save that point for another time. I think that, that culturally, yes, you are responsible for your family, uh, not solely and not to the extreme in the sense that when you get, I mean, there are some who experience that even when they finally get their first pay, from a job that they've been seeking for a long time, all the money goes out. They have nothing left. They can't pay uh, the, 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 the bills that they have for themselves and they end up going back to destitution, which is 
which is wrong. And I think this is why, and remember that the, the conversation we're having tonight is about family government. And I think this is something that I just want to share as, a, as an African man myself. I didn't grow up in an orderly family. I never knew what a family meeting meant. I just, I never had that experience. But for some reason, it always stuck in my mind that there was a notion about having family meetings. And I decided that when I started my family, this was going to be a place of honor. This was going to be a place of be of frank conversation. This is going to be a place where everybody who's part of the family uh, can speak. And I'm part of an extended family. It's not only blood relatives that stay together. And, it's, and it's, it's a number of different age groups who also stay together. So this should be a place where we talk about what is difficult, talk about what needs to be resolved, but we also have fun. We also have fun with each other. We also feel good after these meetings. We don't just walk away hating each other, yeah. even if there's a problem that we have spoken about. So even in relation to the young man's question, and I understand that not every young man can, because of different re- reasons related to culture and respect, walk into their family and say, family, now we're going to have a meeting. It may not be your place, but I would like you to think about somebody in the family that you could share that you have a concern about how you seem to be expected as a young man to be the one who feeds everyone in the group, in the family. And it terrifies you because you feel that maybe I'll never measure up. Maybe I'll never be able to do what is expected from me. And I don't want to feel like a failure. So maybe you could talk to an elder who could set up a meeting where these things are discussed more in the open. And I know that those who haven't had the experience, including myself, for a long time, I just thought about this as something that I heard that some people were doing, but I never really believed that I would be able to chair chair a meeting like this and it was actually going to work. But we work together on this as a family and it's working incredibly. I don't know where our family would have been if it wasn't for the family meeting. And even just to add that to the to the equation, because we talk about family government, one thing that I discussed with my wife from the beginning of us uh, deciding that we want to be married was that we also have regular meetings, just the two of us, checking on each other. Where are you? Are you happy in this marriage? How do you see me? Am I pulling my weight? What would you like to see me do differently? How do we deal with what happened last week? How can we do things better? We do that every three months religiously and without doing that i don't know where our relationship would have been not because it's so crazy and because there's there's no order otherwise but this helps us to keep walking in a certain direction keep bringing up the problems as they appear and find solutions whenever it's necessary because of the work that you have done dr buntu there are many people who are expressing their gratitude and here's one message for you well, greetings, African family and the listeners of Semex Network. Nagalina Kitumele Mpominyato, and I'm a son of Ebu Kosini. Um, I first met Dr. Bababundu at an African family event that was hosted at Pogeng by Mama Gena and uh, Papa Khogadira. And Baba Mbundu was one of the speakers invited to talk about the role of African men in society. And I really got captured by how he gave practical um, ideals that we can begin to assume in our societies, in our families, and individually in our lives. And after this event in 2017, I got more involved in um, Ebu Kosini Solutions programs, uh, one called Men on the Mountain. And this program uh, laid a very solid foundation for me to begin to reassess and then redefine what it means to be an African man, especially the type of man that I would like to be.
And Mine on the Mountain became a platform uh, wherein I could critically self-introspect and make like serious commitments to share off some of the immature thinking and behavioral patterns that I saw them as inhibiting me from being the type of man that I would like to be. And through this program um, and more, Baba Buntu then further opened his home, Ebukosini, to me, to us, and has assumed the position of a father in, in, in my life, um, a very stern, positive, and consistent figure of African fatherhood and African manhood that I aspire for. And also in my research studies uh, as a student here at the Northwest University, Baba Buntu has been such a focal and instrumental figure in my journey, and he's one of the reasons I really push myself to complete my studies. And the practical work that uh, he does always reminds me of the real work that awaits me once I've completed my study. So with that said, I'd just like to give thanks and appreciation to Baba Buntu for the selfless and tireless work that he continues to do for us and for me personally in my life. I give thanks, Baba. Blessed love. This message coming through from to me, Menya Tswe. I mean, expressing gratitude uh, uh, Baba Buntu, how you have touched his life. Wow, I'm so honored. I, I don't even have words. This is a son of mine that I've been with for a long time and seen his rise to strength, to power, and he's one of those that makes me confidently say that we can all find our solutions, we can all become uh, what we set our minds to and what we dream about in terms of becoming honorable and disciplined men. I have a lot of respect for this young man and many of his brothers. Beautiful stuff. And the message that, uh, the question that I read earlier, it was coming through from Justice Itumelo Monoko. Thank you very much. Uh, because we've run out of time, but I want to squeeze this in our conversation. Uh, say, I mean, broken as we are as men, unfortunately, we bleed on women. Unfortunately, mm. it is the poor woman who suffers because now she has to deal with this bleeding human being with this uh, broken uh, person. But here's a question that I want to bring to you for women who are raising boys, because we cannot take that out of the equation because it's the actual reality of our society. Women who are raising boys on their own and for various reasons we've said that, how do they ensure that they can put and get out the best in their sons? Uh, I want to couple this question also with one of our listeners right now, Bipiro Mudise, who's asking, as a single mother raising a boy child, this topic got me so worried. Wow, I'm so touched. Thank you so much. And uh, I think time is maybe not going to give us the justice of what this answer really needs to be. But I want to thank you for the question and say that, first of all, a lot of mothers are doing incredible work for our young men. And we really want to hail up and honor that. But I think a couple of things that it's important to think about. Try to pair them with men in your community or family that you feel uh, are accentuating and practicing some of the values that you would love to see in your son. So if somebody's, and it doesn't have to be, don't think about money and degrees and, and, and status in society. That's not what this is about. But somebody who's orderly, somebody who is, is, is um, disciplined, somebody who is treating his family honorably. Try to pair them, try to make sure that you can arrange that your son from an early age can spend some time around these men. Just as women often learn from each other, men learn a lot from each other. If I see men who change diapers of babies, 
who treat their, their, their wives nicely and have conversations and can apologize when they've done something wrong. I will now learn something different than what I often may learn on the street corner where men are just talking down on women, where men are saying that women are dangerous, you must keep them in place. Because then I think that must be the truth because that's, what I, that's all I've heard men say. So make sure that you put them in touch with other men who live these positive values and practice them. And I think um, make, make sure that you also inspire your young man to be critical about himself, but also be critical about the company that he keeps. Many of us as young men, we think we need to keep certain companies because it makes us cool, it makes us belong, it gives us a certain status. But you need to engage your young men in thinking about what is really going to be worthwhile, what is really going to be useful in the long run. What do I need to learn right now? What kind of company is actually going to be there for me even when I fall? not just when everything is happy and, 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 and easy. Okay. So I think these are some of the values that you need to work with your young men. Have discussions, provide movies, books, uh, things that you know can serve as learning tools for okay. a young man. I think the most important thing right. is to make young men be critical thinkers. Dr. Baba Buntu, I know I'm mindful of the fact that I didn't do justice to the time that I've afforded you to respond to that question because <laughs> it's a big, big question. I made this promise you're going to come back to the show, sir. Thank you very much for coming, for coming back to the show. How do people get in touch with you beyond this platform? Okay, they can look up Ebu Kosini Solutions. We have a website and you can find us on social media and I'm also on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Dr. Baba Buntu. Fanda Jacks, all the way from Botswana in Kasani. Your question goes with the latter question that we below asked, but we really appreciate your contribution here coming to the show. That was our guest today, an African scholar and philosopher, Dr. Baba Buntu. And a big thank you to my team, the Duke uh, of Inspiration, Pimera Situnyani, for covering everything happening here in studio. And the producer of the show is Mpo Yabadimo. The background music playing here is called Storms in Africa by Enya. I am Semex. As far as the North Pole is from the South, we are bridging the knowledge gap from centuries past. We inspire you to find your true North. From Timbuktu to Alexandria, from the city of Johannesburg to New York, from the Zulus to the Dogon people, we are disrupting the knowledge economy. We are Sir Max Network.